Welcome to The Real Talk with Tanya Sakowitz podcast, where we help parents and caregivers gain knowledge to increase their confidence and their success in caring for young children. We will cover topics like feeding your baby, getting your baby and you some much needed sleep, and pretty much anything else that has to do with caring for babies and their families after birth. Society sets parents up to fail, and we are here to change that. You can also find full video versions of each episode on our YouTube channel, Newborn Care Solutions. Thanks for tuning in. Good evening and welcome to Real Talk, where every Sunday night we offer insight, education, and resources to in-home caregivers and those affected in their world. These are the children, the parents, the extended family, and everyone who loves them. And our goal is to offer real-life topics and learning through offering and discussing real issues and real solutions. Tonight, I'm very excited to welcome back a guest that we have had before, Miranda Bauer, who is the CEO and founder of Postpartum University. Good to have you, Miranda. It's always fun to have you back. I know, Tanya. I love, love having these chats, and I'm so grateful to be back here having more chats with you, especially regarding all things postpartum. Right? Right? So... Uh, so Postpartum University supports both mothers and professionals in health, well-being, and eliminating the effects of postpartum depression and anxiety. Miranda is a best-selling author, international speaker, and founder of the Postpartum Nutrition Certification Program. She's worked with thousands of people, awakening them into the joyful and fulfilling sacred window that is the years of postpartum. She lives on her beautiful homestead in Alaska with her husband and four children. And we're going to provide you with a lot of information tonight, but also make sure you check out postpartonu.com for more information and resources beyond, beyond what we're talking about. And tonight we're going to dig into one aspect of that. And we're going to discuss something that when I saw Miranda talking about this in a different space online, I was like, we need to get on. We need to bring this to our audience and share with them. And we're going to talk about something that I feel like isn't talked about very much, which is rage in postpartum. And we're going to jump kind of right into this with a big question, which is, what is this? What do we mean by that? Uh, so it is such a big question. And what we need to first understand is that it's not fully understood. Postpartum rage is like, this angry period and time. Sometimes it happens very quickly. Sometimes we just always feel angry. It, it is something that looks different for everyone. But what we know is that postpartum rage is one, a real thing, and it happens to a lot of people. And it can be very damaging to ourselves, to our families. There is so much to be studied, right? When we start looking at maternal mental health. We know that postpartum depression didn't even become a diagnosis until 1994 officially. I mean, the way we were treating postpartum women or postpartum depression or even mental health disorders in, in the perinatal period at all wasn't really a thing. It wasn't something that was even necessarily studied. And still to this day, we have a lot of questions about what is you know, there was a recent very tragic event that has happened and taken place where we're like, well, wait a second. What is 
what is postpartum psychosis? What is it? What does that really mean? How is it clinically different than say this? Or how does it present itself? There's so much that we simply don't know. And I think that's really important to take into consideration here. But what we feel inside is what we're describing as the rage, right? We are, when, when somebody says I'm rageful, and I'll give you a couple of stories. I had a mom uh, recently that I was working with who was uh, playing with her kid. She was in the kitchen doing some cooking or her kid was drinking some water and playing peacefully. They were, they had some music on, her husband was in the other room and nothing was amiss. She was feeling great. And then her daughter spilled the water all over the floor and she snapped and started screaming. And she, in her head is yelling at, but at the same time thinking, oh my gosh, why am I doing? I can't stop myself from this. This, I can't, I can't get out of this. Why am I screaming at my child? And her husband's rushing into the room thinking something awful has just happened. And it, and then it stops. And then you're, then you feel so guilty and shameful. And you're like, oh my gosh, what did, what just happened? What, how did that take over my life? I had no control over that situation. Right. And so that's, that's an example that I often use. Because we hear that one very often. It just, I snapped, right? And we use that term quite frequently. But there is another side of postpartum rage too, where it's, I'm just always angry. I'm never happy. I'm always angry at everything in my path and in my way. And, and there's an underlying resentment. There's an underlying pain that has this constantly in a state of, of madness and anger. Yeah. And I would say, having talked to a lot of postpartum moms, I've heard both of those scenarios when people are willing to talk about it, because you touched on a really key point. There's a lot of shame associated with this, especially given that we know in our heads that it's irrational, but we can't stop it, right? So people don't talk about this a lot. And that's why I was like, we've got to talk about this. We've got to put this out there and provide an avenue for people to understand this happens, but there's help, right? But the there first is. question I get all the time is, what causes this? So yeah. let's talk about what, what is the source of this? Where does this come from? Why does it happen? So you have to understand, again, the clinical aspect is still very unknown when it comes to postpartum rage. We do know that people who have postpartum depression do have a higher chance of experiencing rage. So we know that if you are experiencing rage, there is a, there is a chance that you also have postpartum depression, right? So we have that connection, but we don't have much else, right? But when we start looking at the real reasons outside of this clinical, you know, kind of piece, what is really happening within the body? When we start looking at the physiological and psychological changes that take place, then we can start painting a better picture of, okay, this is going on inside me and this is why it needs to shift. So when we understand birth, let's take birth, for example, it is a very uh, massive change in a very short period of time. And it, no matter if your birth was three days or three hours, right? And the, and the, and the time space continuum 
It is but a blip of time, right, in your body. And it, it radically transforms so many aspects, your hormones, uh, your gut changes, right? The way you process foods. And a lot of this has to do with your nervous system shifting. Your nervous system has taken a huge shift to help you accommodate becoming a mother, whether for the first time or the 10th time. And that shift in your nervous system is the very thing that keeps you and your baby alive. It is a biological normal. And we want this shift to take place. So many, you know, generations and generations ago, this biological shift, one of its sole purposes was to help us protect our baby and be able to witness and sense danger and remove ourselves from those positions. So if you think back into, you know, the kind of stone age time where we were, you know, um, climbing mountains and having to fight off mountain lions and, and things like that, right? We, our bodies were able to sense these dangers. That is the gift of being a mother and a gift of, you know, we call it a sixth sense sometimes as mothers. We recognize this in ourselves all the time, but we don't recognize it in terms of the nervous system. So that's what I'm I'm trying to explain here as best I can. So your your nervous system is in a heightened state of awareness. And that heightened state of awareness is what is necessary, right? So when we come close to, say, a balcony, or we when we go into a car, or we're going down the stairs, what does our body naturally signal to us? Danger, right? There's something that can really bad that can happen. And, and oftentimes we call these, you know, uh, we call these thoughts, you know, the irrational thoughts that the intrusive thoughts, how many, you know, uh, how many of us have experienced that? Many, many, right? Over 80% of women report in the postpartum period, these intrusive thoughts, these scary things that could happen to their babies. And again, that's that heightened sense of awareness and being in an environment that's stressful, having a difficult birth. Having to get back to the overwhelm of our lives, taking care of other children, doing the dishes, going back to work, all of those things add up and put pressure on our nervous system so that the state of awareness, you know, is, is baseline here. But then when we're postpartum, it's, it's up here to protect us and keep our babies safe. And then we have all of that extra stuff. And now we're like way up here, right? And so we have this nervous system that is, is out of balance and, and it feels out of control. And so this is one aspect of the postpartum rage that we have to, we have to really consider because when our bodies go in this, this state of overwhelm during this time, it's very easy to say, snap, right? It's very easy to feel overwhelmed and, uh, and not know what to do. Right. And so the ways in which we support our nervous system and the ways in which we support our bodies and reducing rage, that's where we want to focus our attention. And so I can tell you all of the things <laughs> related to that. If you like, there's some, there's a couple of key components. So I, I already touched on one, unsolved emotional triggers 
and trauma, right? So birth trauma, living in a stressful environment that causes emotional triggers. Sometimes, you know, I live in Alaska on 40 acres. Giving birth often means that we have to hire out, you know, stable hands. We have to hire out help to take care of the animals, the dogs, right? Like it's taking some of that stress and that burden off of our shoulders. The other aspect that I see often is resentment. We don't get the support we need. We grow resentment and that resentment often leads to postpartum rage. And it's not just resentment in a partner who didn't know how to help or maybe wasn't there for us in the way in which we thought or that, you know, our birth team, you know, failed us in some sort of way. It's also resentment against ourselves. It's resentment against our baby or against our other children. Again, very taboo topics that we don't talk about, but resentment, uh, being upset at someone taking something away from us or the loss of something, whether it's our previous life or something fun that we thought we would be able to do and we can't now because so-and-so is sick or so-and-so didn't help or whatever the case may be, that resentment piece. Lack of sleep. I don't even think we have to spend a lot of time talking about what sleep does to us when we lack it. We know it is significant in motherhood. The other component that we don't talk enough about is lack of nutrition. Statistically speaking, so many women enter into the postpartum period lacking key nutrients that are actually significantly related and connected to depression and anxiety. And so meaning that many of, you know, being depleted in several key nutrients or even one or two key nutrients mimics depression and anxiety and often rage. And so we know how deficient we are going into postpartum period. We know how much nutrients it takes to really, truly heal our bodies. I mean, you grew a human being and then you birthed that baby into the world. And for many women, they also breastfeed, which means that you're using your entire body to sustain the life of another human being. It requires a lot on top of your own healing. That you have to heal your body from what just happened. You have to heal your body from the nine months of carrying a baby, the, the birthing experience, which is like running a marathon, right? Marathon runners and those in sports, when they are done competing, what's the one thing that they do most? They go out and they eat the nutrient-dense meal. They eat so much and then they sleep right? And we don't give ourselves that opportunity in the postpartum period. And then the other component that I really want to to mention here that is so often overlooked is gluten intolerance. I talk about this in my my, uh, podcast about how gluten intolerance, I see this connected to rage and emotional overwhelm so often. I have over and over and over again, my clients, right? Where, you know, being on my, one of my big things is that my postpartum nutrition plan, I put my clients on that to help uh, with postpartum repletion, especially in regards to nutrient uh, restoration and rebalancing of those, those hormones and, and food and, and all of this. And that comes from 
that comes with eliminating gluten. And then they'll be so they'll be so surprised, like, wow, I didn't realize, you know, after a couple of weeks, because it takes four to six weeks for gluten to leave the body. I didn't realize how much that was playing an effect until I ate the the noodle to my kids' mac and cheese to test it to see if it was done. And it happened to be gluten. And then a couple of hours later, I blew up. And then we try we tested again, right? Ate my kids' chicken nuggets. I, I see this often. It's usually in relationship to, oh, I just, you know, was doing the mom thing. I was eating the rest of my kids, you know, food before, you know, taking care of the dishes. And then you get gluten in your system and then boom, that triggers you. And that, I want to say, does not have anything to do with postpartum. That is a, a sign of gluten intolerance in and of itself, right? My niece is a prime example. When she gets gluten in her, her body, she's impossible to work with. She's very emotional, high emotions, very angry. She has a very difficult time controlling her body. And it, it, it wreaks havoc. It takes over her and it does so for a good 24 hour period. So we know when she gets gluten intolerance because it's very difficult to work with her, uh, in any say, uh, sort of fashion. And that's not untypical. It, it is, it is a, it's a normal thing. I should say it is a very normal thing for gluten intolerance people to, to present in that way. And we see that often in postpartum because your gut shifts, the changes that are taking place uh, within your your body, especially in regard to your nervous system and, and those gut changes make the your body react more reactive to things like gluten. Uh, it causes more inflammation and then therefore these other symptoms. So I, I, I can go on and on, but those are basically the reasons why we are experiencing postpartum depression. And really what we can do about it to support ourselves and overcoming this. Yeah, I'm in hearing this, you know, of course, I think about myself, but also about clients and people that I know. Um, and the gluten component is something I've definitely experienced um, in that I am pretty gluten intolerant, uh, but I don't get rage, I get, but I do get depressed. And so I get this like overwhelming depression sort of thing. And then if I pay attention, it's like, oh, wait a minute. I let myself have these things the last couple of days and now I'm having this impact. Uh, and I picked up on that. I didn't know that it was a component also with the rage, but it makes total sense because it clearly has a physiological effect. Um, so it's actually really interesting. And just to, to share with you for a second, that we know that depression is no longer, it's not a serotonin deficiency. That's very old science. Right. We know that depression is, is related to uh, inflammation in the body, right? So that is the, that is the connection. It's not uh, a chemical deficiency in your brain. It actually has nothing to do with your brain whatsoever. It has everything to do with inflammation within the body, wherever it is. Inflammation is the precursor to depression. We actually know if there's inflammation in the body, chances are you either have or are about to develop depression. And so they go hand in hand. It's amazing the things that we are learning that ultimately are tied so much to 
are food sources and nutrition. And of course, that's, that's your hardcore expertise, right? Yes. And so if somebody says, wow, I am experiencing one or more of these types of symptoms. Uh, I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with this rage or I'm dealing with shame or, you know, you said there's a lot of these things that we just don't talk about. And I think part of it is lack of education. Part of it is what we consider, you know, societal norms. And it's not okay if, if we're not okay, right? But let's talk about the practicalities of this. If someone is dealing with this, if somebody in our audience is dealing with this, or one of the postpartum professionals watching this is dealing with a client who's got this, how do we help? What are some of the things that we can do? Yeah, such a, such a good question. First off, reach out for help. Reach out for resources. Find someone that you can connect in. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a counselor, but that's a really good place to start. And we're in a really profound place when it comes to counseling and therapy and, and the whole holistic world right now, where we are able to find the support, um, whether it be online, which is, which is where I'm finding mo more people turning to, uh, because, you know, mental health services have wait lists that are sometimes at years in some places. Uh, but you're able to find that care. So find someone who's trained and perinatal mental health. Okay. That's, that's first and foremost trained in perinatal mental health that can help you. If you, and again, counseling, finding a support group in your area, uh, uh, resources, anyone who can start giving you some, some support tools, right? Because we need all the help we can get. This is not something that we should be doing alone. And, and, not only should we not be doing it alone, we don't deserve to be doing it alone. I was actually having a conversation with someone very recently, you know, in all other countries around the world, we don't even have to talk about deserving. It just, oh, we need help. And so I'm going to get it. But first, in the, in the U.S., we have to convince women that they're worthy enough that they're important enough first before we can, before they will. It's, it's such a crazy thing. So know that you deserve help and reach out for it. The other component is a lot of self-care and compassion. This is not your fault. Society has failed you. They haven't given you the tools that you need. They haven't given you the support that you need. We don't talk about things like this. We, we brush it off. We're just now studying things related to postpartum, especially mental health, but the physiological changes that take place, those are literally just being studied, right? We don't value women in our community as we should. And so I think it's very important to understand, don't blame yourself for this. This is not you. This is society. And now that you know, it's time to get some resources. It's time to get some help. And then start looking at some things in your life. Uh, are you sleeping enough? You know, how can you get more sleep? Start talking with your partner. Talk with your, the support people in your, in your space. When you are so sleep deprived, everything feels pointless. It feels helpless. You feel like you can't get out, right? And if that's you, know that there is a way. You just need some help thinking about those things because your brain is, is on lockdown right now because it just needs what 
it needs sleep, right? Or it needs nutrients. And the other component is nutrient nutrient repletion. Eating meals that are supportive of your body and your needs. Meals that are easy to digest. That doesn't take a lot of effort or energy on your part. Soups, stews, broths, right? Fat full, protein full, because those are what help hormone balance. Those are, that's what helps restore uh, our, our tissue. It supports uh, oxygen flow within our body. It, there's so many benefits to protein and fats. We need all of that milk production. You know, it's, it, it's the whole thing. But if you're not getting enough, I can guarantee you, you're not going to feel your best. And of course, even if you think that gluten is not something that you've ever had issues with, it might be worth eliminating. And I don't always recommend just eliminate things, right? I'm not, I'm not that person who likes to just take things away, especially during this time, like calorie counting or, or any of that. That's like some of the worst things that you can do. And I'm not a big proponent of adding more stress on someone and saying, well, take away gluten. But it is one of those foundational pieces that might have a bigger effect on you than you know. And because we're in postpartum, in whether it's the, the weeks or even the first few years, your body is so much more sensitive. And so that become, that might be a thing for you and it might be worth looking into and eliminating. And again, it takes time, four to six weeks to be removed from your system. And therefore it can take some time to know whether or not it has an effect on you. Uh, but it it may be worth doing. And the one other thing that I want to talk about uh, before we kind of wrap up for today is that really want to talk about the impact that this has and how we can work towards fixing things, towards healing this on relationships. You know, whether it's the partnership relationship whether it maybe even impacts other familiar relationships, like with other children, et cetera. Can we address that whole topic? Because I think, you know, yeah, the focus absolutely is on the postpartum parent, but they don't live in a vacuum. You know, this impacts way more than just that. It, it so does, right? And I, and I talked about very briefly the guilt and the shame you know, our, our children are watching us. It affects the way we are bonding with the people in our lives. Um, you know, it affects the, how we perform our daily tasks. I have moms who, who live in fear that they're going to blow up at any moment, right? Uh, and that, that is not a place to live. And, and the feelings of what am I doing to my family? Maybe I should just leave. I hear this often. Maybe I shouldn't be here. And this is where the spiral transpires. This is, this, you have to get help, right? And so there, there is a way that we can heal our relationships from this. And the first and foremost thing is start getting help, right? That's, that's first and foremost. And if you don't know where to reach for help, reach out to your, your partner, right? Or the person who, you know, it, if they're an, an adult that you're, having challenges with or feel like you're being rageful about more often than not, ask them, I need help. I recognize what I'm doing 
And I feel so much guilt. I feel shame. I don't know how to control it. I don't know how to make it go away. Or, you know, just communicating that I recognize this is a big deal. And I'm so sorry for it. This is a piece of taking responsibility, right? Get help first and then take responsibility and communicate. This is happening even with your children, right? You can tell your children, I don't understand what happened. I just yelled and I am so sorry. I don't know what's happening, but I'm trying my best and I'm going to get help because I recognize I need help. Right. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to do better. I, and, and actually going out and getting that help and doing better. Right. And then spending time together, especially with our partners and with our other children. Right. Often being a, a mother to a newborn is very time consuming. It is very easy to forget the other people in our life, not because you choose to, but because of the demands of having a new baby. Right. And so it is so important that we actually work toward having that one-on-one -on -one time again, helping them recognize they are an important part of our lives and that we want to spend time with them and we want to spend quality time with them. That's going to help heal your relationships. But it can't happen until you get that, that help and you, take, you have that open communication with them. Yeah, There's, this is such a big topic. And we literally, well, anytime you and I get on the phone, we can talk for days, but we could talk for hours about this, but no, excuse me, we are limited. So my question for you is two part. One, any final thoughts you want to share with our audience? And although we're going to put this in the feed, tell, tell our audience the, what it is you provide and how they can reach out to you for assistance. If they are experiencing this or someone that they know or love is experiencing this. Yeah. You know, I think the, the biggest thing that I want to communicate again is that this is not your fault. We really live in a world that is not very supportive of anything related to postpartum or pregnancy or women's health in general. We are greatly failing. The system is failing which means that we have to be the ones who stand up and do the thing, the hard thing of standing up and saying, this is not how it's supposed to be. I can't live this way. I deserve better. And not just for you, but for your children too, right? And I, and I don't mean because of the, you know, the feelings and the emotions that you have in relationship to them, I'm saying for their future, their postpartums, when they have babies, right? The, this, is, this is breaking the generational traumas. Because so often what we're experiencing now is a result of what our mothers experienced and what our grandmothers experienced. Was a, it was a very difficult, traumatic space that they lived in. And a lot of those things and the way our society has shifted, we are just no longer helping the women that we serve. Uh, we're not serving them at all in, in this way. So I, um, that's, that's what I want to share. And uh, you can find me at postpartingyoutheletteru.com. I have uh, a podcast. Um, we have an entire membership for both mothers and professionals, which is very profound, over 30 plus hours of continuing education. 
uh, trainings, um, tons and tons of trainings, videos, PDFs, online books, um, everything that you can imagine on all sorts of topics in postpartum, as well as business trainings, all sorts of things. And then we have uh, yeah. a, a whole area for moms as well, where you can learn these tools, learn techniques, the practical guidelines, what to eat, what would be helpful, uh, recipes, how to get sleep with the newborn, you know, all of these amazing trainings and so much more. So we provide it all. We have everything. You can go to the website, kind of uh, dabble around, check it out and ask questions if you need to. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight, Miranda. It's as always, it's a joy to talk to you and to learn with you. And as our audience has shared many times, they love learning because you give such great takeaways that they really can take and apply to their lives and to their work. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you to our audience for joining us tonight. If you have any questions around this topic or anything related to the postpartum period, postpartum recovery, postpartum rage, put them in the feed and tag Miranda or tag postpartum you or newborn care solutions, and we'll make sure you get answers. And of course, you can rewatch this segment as long as, as well as all of our other real talks. I am stumbling on everything today. Um, and access all of our other educational content by going to newborncaresolutions.com and click on the education tab. You can also check out our content on our YouTube channel by typing newborn care solutions into the search engine. And of course, on our podcast available on all major podcast channels. So thank you so much and have a great evening. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk with Tanya Sackowitz podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you liked what you heard, please share it on social media or send it directly to someone you think might benefit. It would also be a huge support if you could rate and review the podcast on whatever player you're currently listening on so that other people can find the content easier. You can also connect to us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok or checking out our website at newborncaresolutions.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Talk Podcast with Tanya Sackowitz.